You are listening to the Holmes Avenue Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Holmes Avenue or how you can join the mission, visit us online at holmesavenue.com. Uh, if this is your first time with us or first time in a while, um, we are now in week two of our Radical Prayer series. And in this series, we are uh, looking at these type of prayers to where uh, we're asking these big kind of things, these big kind of prayer requests before God, specific prayers that take us honestly out of our comfort zone out of our comfort zone to places that maybe we've never journeyed before, places where we're wanting to see God move and work in our life, um, but it's just, we've never been there. And and so we want to ask the Lord to do um, some pretty incredible things, some radical things, if you will, in our lives um, to make it necessary for us to grow deeper and deeper into our relationship with the Lord. some of you may remember this. If you're new, you don't remember this. But back in 2020, everybody remembers 2020, right? <laughs> During 2020, we had COVID, obviously. But around the same time as COVID was happening, uh, I became very sick. I had some things going on with my esophagus and uh, ended up from March to September just going through just a really difficult time. And in the midst of all of that, leading up to a surgery in September, I needed answers. And so when I had a problem, I was like, what do we need to do? And so Miranda works for some great doctors and Dr. Smith was like, come on, let's see what's going on. And I went to him because he would be the one that could tell me what is going on with me. I wanted him to search and find what is going on with my esophagus. There's this problem, like we need a resolution. And ultimately, we went through several procedures uh, to try to find answers. And one time after another, something didn't go right or there was this or that. And ultimately, it led to the surgery with the surgeon uh, that resulted finally in no more malnutrition and a lot better health. As you can see, I'm, I'm doing quite all right. But during that time, like it was difficult And it was hard and I needed to find answers. So I went to the source of the one who could find those answers, who could tell me what exactly was going on. Now, why do I tell you that story? Why is it that I tell you uh, that issue that needed to happen? Well, like I said, there was an issue that needed to be searched. We needed to look and find out. And I went to that one who could help me to search, to figure it out, and that God could use to ultimately heal me during that season. And I ask a question of this of you. Have you ever been in a situation like that? Maybe it's not something health-wise, but maybe you just needed something to happen in your life. Something was very difficult, and you were searching it out. You were saying, God, what is going on? I need to find this answer. Hey, I need to go to so-and-so. Maybe they can help me with it. Like, where can I run to find the answers to a problem? And we, we want it to be searched out. We want it to uh, be determined what the end result is going to be for the betterment of us or the betterment of our situation. Well, to bless you today, we are in Psalm 139, just two verses today. Uh, This is, uh, if you were here two weeks ago with us, uh, we finished our Summer in the Psalm series with Psalm 139, and I told you that this week we would be going deeper into the last two verses of that Psalm, Psalm 139, verses 23 through 24, excuse me. It's written by David, as we know, and David is ending this psalm of of praise unto God, declaring all these things about God and how God knows us and how we are made in our mother's womb, all of those things. But then we get to those last two verses and David concludes this psalm with this prayer. And in this psalm, he closes specifically asking God 
to search me. He says, search me, O God. He's going to the one who is the specialist. He's going to the one who is the ultimate healer, the one who can ultimately give answers to his problem. So with that said, it's just two verses I said. Let's stand together and read this passage of Scripture together. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, and then I'll pray. Hear the word of the Lord. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there is any grievous way in me and lead me into the way everlasting. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, you are so good. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, Lord, for your goodness, for your grace, for your mercy, for the fact that we can gather together now, sing these songs of praise to you, bring glory to your name, all of us together in one accord, and also sit underneath the teaching of your word. Father, we thank you for this word. Thank you for the example of this prayer and Lord, over these next few moments as we examine this prayer, this idea of asking you to search our hearts, Lord, I pray that maybe today would be a day for someone sitting here that's just been wrestling with things for a while, and they just need to be bare before you and say, Lord, search me. Find the grievous ways in me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Try my thoughts and lead me into the way everlasting. Lord, above all things, we pray that your will would be done here in these next few moments. Have your way, O God, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So praying the radical prayer of search my heart will open us, bear before God, and lead us to life-changing days moving forward as we submit to the Father's will. If you're taking notes, I hope you are. We're going to take these two verses. We're going to break it down into four uh, simple parts for us today. And the first is going to be from the first part of verse 23. It says, Lord, search my heart. That's point number one. Lord, search my heart. I'm going to read it to you again, just that first part. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Search me, O God, and know my heart. David gets real personal real quick. When we see a statement like this, we may ask, well, why? What is the point of David asking God this? Why should we as believers ask this question? Isn't God already all-knowing? Well, yes, absolutely. I mean, David takes it for us. And if you haven't had a chance to study it, go and read the passage, or you can listen to the sermon from two weeks ago. But you go to the beginning of the of Psalm 139, and he, he is declaring these truths to God. And he's, he's telling him, Lord, you know all things. Like, you knew me before I was born. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Like, you know the things that I'm going to say before I say them. You know my thoughts before they come. But we have to say, like, well, God already knows this stuff. Why do we need to bother to ask God to do this? God is sovereign. He knows all things. David's already declared all this, but although God knows everything, the prayer, Lord, search me, search my heart, is letting go of fears and securities. It's allowing ourselves to be bare, to be vulnerable before the Lord. It's saying, Lord, please come and enter into my space. Come into this place, like reveal things to me. 
Break down the wall that I have built up daily, brick by brick. I think all of us can understand that idea. All of us at times have continually just built up a wall. Things that we want to keep hidden or things that we think are hidden. See, that wall is a natural thing for us to continually to do. We don't want to let anybody in to those deepest areas of our lives. I would even say especially God, right? Like we don't want our friends and family to know those deep areas that that we want to just keep reserved for ourselves. Absolutely, we don't want God into those places. But here's the reality. We tend to cover those things up and hide them. We tend to ask or excuse me, mask those sins. Like, like, okay, this is going to be over here. Nobody can see it. This is it. Everything's going to be fine. God knows those things. But see, when we ask God to search our heart, he gets in there deep. He begins to look at those deep places and reveal things to us. Why do we need to ask God to search our hearts? Well, Jeremiah, quoting the Lord, in Jeremiah chapter 17, 9 through 10, says this. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. See that reality there of the heart being deceitful and wicked. It's, it's honestly, I, I, you've all heard the statement. We probably have all said it at some time or another. But like I cringe when I hear somebody say, I'll follow your heart. Just follow your heart. I understand that it can come from a good place and, and you're wanting the best for the person. You want them to, to do the very best they can. But if we really get down to it and look at Scripture, the heart is deceitful and wicked. It's the place where we keep all those deep things rooted, the things that are not good. Pastor Walters quoted it many times before from John Calvin. John Calvin says, the heart is an idol factory. What's an idol Something that we place before God where it's usually his rightful place. See, our hearts do that. This core being of ourselves, like we, we take those idols, it, it, it continually creates new idols over and over and over again that are pushing God more and more out of the way. We understand the scripture and the reality of our sinfulness. We need not follow our hearts, but instead ask the Lord, what does he want for us? What does he want us to do? This is why it's such a radical prayer to ask God to search us. Yes, he knows us. But when we actually pray those words and we mean them, we're letting our guard down and we're being vulnerable for the Lord saying, Lord, here I am. Check things out. I know I've got these problems. I know I have this stuff going on. I'm coming to you, the I am, the one, the one who made me, the creator, my God. And I'm saying, search me. Search my heart. The flip side of that statement is that we may think that there's nothing wrong. You ever been there? Oh, there's nothing wrong. There's no need to say that to God. I mean, I could say it to say it, but I'm not expecting God to tell me anything in return. If that's our thought process, that right there reveals that we've got some pride issues. And we probably need to uh, pray that prayer and actually mean it and see what God does there with us. If we're at a place where we think God's got nothing to say, when we ask him to search us, 
then I would say we're in a really bad place. All of us need the Lord to search us. All of us need to ask the Lord to search my heart, Father. Make things clear to me as we'll see continued in this prayer. Help me, Lord. We must pray a radical prayer of Lord, search me and be open and willing to hear whatever it is that the Lord may find and bring to the surface for us to work on. But not only that, as we see continuing in this passage, Lord, search me and search my heart. And then secondly, Lord, try my thoughts. Lord, try my thoughts. He says in there, the second part of 23, try me and know my thoughts. You see, we're, we're taking it a step further. Lord, search me. Search my heart. Look deep down at the things that are hidden. Maybe the things that I don't even recognize yet. But Lord, also I pray that you would try my thoughts. Does everybody have perfect thoughts all the time? A lot of, a lot of head shakes there. We don't. We don't. It's the reality of what's hidden deep down there in our hearts. But when we read this also, I thought this was fascinating as I was studying this. The word thoughts there, it can be translated as our cares, but even deeper, the Hebrew word there defines it as disquieting thoughts, anxious doubts. As David is praying this prayer to the Lord, he's asking the Lord to try him and his anxious thought. David wrestled with anxious thoughts, did he not? I mean, think about David's life. He's had people pursuing his life. He wants to get away. He's asking God to help him because people want to take his life. Saul was after him. People were speaking ill about him. Obviously, the sin that he had done in his life, like there are many different things in David's life that makes him anxious. He's crying out to God, try me and my thoughts. We too wrestle with anxious thoughts, do we not? We too wrestle with anxious thoughts. We wrestle with anxious thoughts ultimately about things that we're fearful of. See, when we're anxious and we have these thoughts, it results in fear. Much like that popular song that's been on Christian radio the last couple of years, fear's a liar. But what is fear ultimately? Fear is a lack of trust. It's a lack of trust in God. We have these things that we're, we're fearful of, that the enemy kind of places there before us, and, and that fear begins to creep in, and we begin to get anxious. And if you're like me, when we get in those moments where we're anxious, we want to resolve the problem. So what do we do? We try to take control. We try to fix the problem. And I don't know about you, but if we get in those moments like that and you're trying to fix the problem, you get to this point down the line where you realize, oh my gracious, I haven't even called out to the Lord to seek him, to ask him. Yesterday, you guys, it's usually like every single time that I preach, I just get my haircut done the day before. I was, I was at the haircut place yesterday, and my friend Becca was cutting my hair, and we had a conversation, and she's telling me just about this thing. She, she trusts me. She's telling me about this thing that's just going on, that she's really wrestling with, 
And as we're talking, I just look at her and I was like, I, I don't want to just give you the pastoral answer, but have you given this to the Lord yet? And it's like this moment of, I've thought long and hard about this. I've figured out every way possible through every scenario that I can to give a resolution. And I haven't once asked the Lord about this. We too fall into that very quickly. We too, with our anxious thoughts, the things that worry us, the things that, that just eat at us, we try to wrestle with those things. We try to help those things. We try to control those things. The fear of what could happen next. The fear of how the conversation we need to have will go. Those fears cripple us. Those anxieties cripple us. And it takes the focus off of the one who we need to be taking those things to. We have to understand that fear, as I said, is ultimately a lack of trust. We want to do things with our own strength and keep those things in our own control. But when we do that, how does it work out? That's just it. It doesn't work out. It may work well for a brief moment, but ultimately they don't work out. Eventually we experience the weight of that lack of trust. And if we're being honest, and I'm, I'm trying not to be harsh here, that lack of trust is disobedience. Because if we say with our mouth that God is who he says he is, but everything else doesn't follow through with that, it's a lack of trust. It's disobedience. Our actions demonstrate that we don't think that God knows what he's doing, so we try to take that control ourselves. And you see, here's the beauty of it. When it comes to those anxious thoughts, the Lord knew that we would wrestle with those things. He's given us his word. His word is divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. And so as Paul writes in the book of Philippians, he addresses this issue. For Christians that, that read it thousands of years after it's penned, we can read the truth of the scriptures and see that God has given us a formula for how to take these things to him. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We see that the prayer with thanksgiving make those requests to God and they help us to receive God's peace. How? You may say, well, Brian, that's, that's, that's really good to quote and to go off of, but that's difficult to do. But how is it to be? Submitting these requests to the Lord means that we are coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, I am in desperate need of you. I am thankful for what you have done for me. Your blood was poured out for me. I am your child because of what Jesus has done on the cross of Calvary and his defeat of the grave. I am coming to you and I'm submitting this to you. I'm in desperate need of you. Only you can help me with these anxious thoughts. I trust you. Have your way. And we leave it there. 
As easy as it is to want to go back and try to control it again. No, no, no. We come and we leave it there. And we trust God to do the work there. And that peace begins to come. By doing so, we may not have the immediate results or even the answer that we prefer. But we do receive the Lord's peace. It's a promise to us. Peace of God will come and guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We need to practice being in this posture before the Lord. Praying the radical prayer to the Lord. Search me and know my heart, Lord. Try my thoughts. And we'll see that in doing so, we lay bare before the Lord. Laying bare before the Lord will help us to take this prayer a step further. And then we say, Lord, reveal my sin. Number three. We've already seen in there, Lord, search my heart. Lord, try my thoughts. Now, oh, it's the uncomfortable. Lord, reveal my sin. He says it there in 24, the first part. See if there be any grievous way in me. He's asking the Lord to look deep down and reveal the sins that lie deep. Let me ask a question. Are we willing to pray this prayer? Are we willing to pray this prayer? Because I can assure you of this. If we're willing to pray this prayer and we earnestly pray it to the Lord, He will answer it. He will reveal those sins that are down deep. The ones that we think we keep hidden. The ones that we think are not a big deal. He will bring them to the surface. And God the Holy Spirit will convict us of those sins. What we do with that is on us. He'll also reveal sin that we may not even believe we're battling or have struggles with. Maybe it's pride, maybe it's lust. Maybe it's a lack of trust. If we earnestly seek the Lord and mean what we say, the Lord is going to reveal. Remember at the beginning of the message when I was telling you about that time in 2020 with all the stuff going on with my health, with the esophagus issues. During that time, I got really frustrated. I got really frustrated. I was tired of doing everything that I could to control the situation. I was tired of being sick all the time. I got to the point where I was lashing out to God. I was angry. I was frustrated. I was hurting. And it was in those moments where I cried out to God, angry, frustrated, that he reminded me, son, I haven't left you. Son, I know what's going on. 
Son, I know this is very difficult right now, but I need you to trust me. Son, I know that you don't know what's coming around the bend, but I need you to stay holding fast to me. And ultimately, through all of that, he revealed to me that I had a major lack of trust. That in my suffering, instead of drawing closer and closer to him, I got more frustrated and frustrated. Angrier and angrier. Man, the Lord humbled me in that moment. He revealed to me that my anxiousness and lack of trust was the problem. And instead of practicing Philippians 4 that I just quoted to you, I held those things in and I lashed out. He revealed to me that lack of trust. Let me ask you, what about you? Have you been or are you in a similar place right now? Are you too prideful to humble yourself before the Lord? James 4.10. Maybe you're scared of what's going to be revealed. That's understandable. However, as scary as it may be, the end result is so freeing. The Lord reveals the sin of our wicked hearts and our thoughts. And the hard work, the hard work for us, it's going to be challenging. But the end result is freedom and peace. Because the last part of that radical prayer is it helps us move forward. It helps us move forward from that pit. Which leads to number four, Lord, lead me. Lord, lead me. That second part of 24 says, lead me in the way everlasting. I don't know about you guys, but that that last part there of this prayer, it gives great hope. It gives great hope. The word lead here is translated in the Hebrew as lead, guide, go in the direction of, turn the eyes toward. When we ask the Lord to search us, to examine our hearts, to reveal our sin... We then ask the Lord to lead us into the way everlasting. See, the picture there is eternal. The eternal God is carrying us forward into eternity. It's a hope that lasts forever, and that hope is present because of Jesus. Because we are His people. We've been adopted into the family of God because of His blood. That's why we can cry out to God and pray this prayer to Him. I like to think of this prayer much to that of an actual physical heart surgery. We're asking God to find the issue of the heart. When He finds it, we're asking Him to do the surgery. We're asking Him to repair the issue. Much like a heart needs a valve replacement or a stent to help get it through to the next day, to the next enjoyment of life. We're asking the Lord, Father, I'm laying bare before you. Here it is. You're the surgeon. Correct it. Take your word that slices deep. 
Find the grievous ways in me. Find that sin. Make it clear and help me to repent and move forward into healing. Spiritually speaking, the Lord finds those issues of our hearts. He does the work convictions there, correcting. He leads us through the recovery process to the way everlasting. One of the biggest takeaways we need to have coming from this prayer that we have to remember is this. We are not God. We're not God. We need to humble ourselves under Him and ask Him to do this work. What is that a picture of? It's a picture of submission. Submitting ourselves before the Lord to Him. Do the work needed of repentance, confession, stepping forward into what He's directing us to do next. So let me ask you, where are you on this journey? Where are you on this journey? Are you drowning in your sin that you feel as if you can't tread above the water? Are you engulfed with fear that you aren't trusting the Lord to handle the situations of your life? Are you willing to pray this prayer? We firmly believe that if you would be willing to pray this prayer, the Lord will hear you. He will answer you. The results of the revealed sin and nature of our hearts can be difficult to process. But man, the leading to everlasting is so fruitful and life changing. So what will you do? Will you take this radical prayer? Pray it unto God? And look and see what He does in your life? The transformative work that it will do moving forward? Are you willing to pray that prayer and see what God is going to do and even wrestle with the hard parts to move into the way everlasting? I pray that you will. Will you join me in prayer? Father in heaven, Lord, I am so thankful for your word. Lord, I'm so thankful. God, that we have passages like this where we can see such a radical type prayer of saying, Lord, search my heart. Try my thoughts. Lord, if there is any grievous way in me, make it clear. And Lord, lead me into the way everlasting. Lord, I pray over our people, everyone within the sound of my voice, whether in here or online, people that listen in the future. Lord, I pray right now as your spirit is working. Lord, if there are things that we have that are buried deep down, that are hindering our prayers before you. The sins that we wrestle with, that we struggle with, the doubt that we have, the anxious thoughts, the fear, the lack of trust. God, whatever it is, Lord, I pray that you would break down those walls. God, that we would earnestly pray before you this prayer. 
And Lord, as you reveal those things to us, God, you would make clear what it is that we need to work on. God, that you would draw us to repentance and confession. And God, that you would lead us into the way everlasting. Lord, I pray that we would pray this type of prayer. And Lord, as we go through the process with you, God, that we would see the beauty that comes from the ashes. The beauty that comes from the pain. God, that we would walk in humble submission unto you. For you alone are worthy of our praise, our worship, our adoration. God, I pray, Lord, that you would deal with us now as you see fit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.